21. I lift up my eyes to, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over you, com coming and going both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Zoe. Really appreciate you doing that for us. Um, good morning. It's good to see everybody. All right, that was some oomph to that. Uh, it's good to see you. Thank you uh, for joining us this morning in worship. My name is Danny Pierce. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the pastor here at Antioch Quincy. Uh, and it's always a pleasure, always an honor to worship with you. Um, Thank you guys again for flexibility. The last two weeks we were meeting across the hall. This week we were actually supposed to have that side of the room as well and then it got changed up and every week it's a little bit of an adventure. Um, we walked in this morning and there were no speakers in the room so we just thought we were gonna have to yell really loud. Right? We just figure it out every week. Um, but we actually get to do this. Like we really do get to uh, meet together and, and worship. And so uh, I woke up this morning and had this sneaking suspicion, and it turns out it's true that today really is a good day to worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. And so we get to do that. And so I'm really grateful. And thank you guys for, uh, for joining us uh, this week. I want to call your attention before we jump into the sermons to something you may have gotten when you came in. You notice a little bingo sheet, right? Antioch Community Church in Quincy loves bingo. We're like old Catholic ladies. Um, we love our bingo. Uh, sorry. Some of you grew up with my background. You get it. You're like, oh yeah, I totally understand. Bingo, Wednesday night. Um, this is kind of, we actually did this back, I think it was February. And so uh, one of the things we've been, been trying to do, uh, ingrain in all of our minds and our hearts, is uh, to encounter the Lord in Scripture beyond just hearing a sermon on Sunday morning. Right, and so that it uh, becomes a, a part of our life. The sermon series title, as you'll see here, is Shaped by the Psalms, right? And it's this, we're, this belief that the Lord wants to shape who we are as individuals, but also as a community, as a church, through the Psalms. And so uh, what this is kind of designed to do, you can take a look. If you don't have one, I think we probably still have some copies on the back uh, table. It's just to give you some ways to engage the Psalms uh, beyond just hearing a sermon on Sunday morning. And so it, we've done it in a way um, that hopefully kids can do this. Some of this will be with uh, some help of older people. Uh, you could do this on your own. You could do this with a group of people, a family, uh, roommates, coworkers. doesn't matter if they come to this church, whoever. You can do it with people and they might not even know that you have a bingo sheet, right? You can just do it. Um, and the idea, again, is just that we would encounter the Lord in a variety of ways uh, in, in how we use the Psalms and how he uses it to shape us. So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, we will, this will be for the month of July. So you have the month of July 
to do this. We'll come back in four weeks. Can we do prizes? We'll do prizes. If you do this, we'll do prizes. Uh, no one's going to check up on you. And this is kind of like you know, high school science class when you do a project and it's like one kid does most of the work, but everyone gets the A. It's OK. We'll do that. I'm not worried about it. Um, but we'll come back four weeks from today. So what's the, today's the 4th, so the 32nd of July, or the August equivalent. Uh, we will come back and uh, we're, uh, between you and the Lord, and we'll give out prizes. I don't know what those prizes are going to be, but it'll be good in four weeks. Got it? Cool? Kids, make your parents do this, all right? Do this with you. You want a prize, right? Okay. You hear that, parents? Okay. Can we jump in? Open up your Bibles to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. If you don't have your Bible, we'll have these, uh, the text on the screen. Uh, I believe it's also printed on the back of the bulletin that you have. Um, so last week, we looked at Psalm 84. And it, it kind of weaved together these themes of uh, this pilgrimage or journey that we're on in our life. Uh, the theme of, of home, the theme of presence of the Lord. And that got mixed up with, you know, strength and blessing and a few other things. There was actually a lot there in only about 12 verses. Uh, this week, we'll, we'll pick up a little bit on, on the theme of um, that pilgrimage or journey uh, here in Psalm 121. You may notice in your Bible, we don't have it on the screen, it says above it, a psalm of ascent or song of ascent. Do you guys have that? Um, and it's part of a collection. It's actually 15 in a row, starting at Psalm 120 through 134, where it seems like these were psalms, poems, songs that the people would sing or recite, prayers, as they were on their way to Jerusalem. Right, to, to worship, to offer sacrifices in the temple. And so it, it has that theme of this journey or this pilgrimage. But uh, my goal is not just to preach the same sermon from a slightly different text, um, although that would make my job a little easier. Uh, it's not very fun for any of us. Um, but just a specific aspect of our journey, of our walk with the Lord. And that is this word or this, this concept of trust or faith. Um, if I can understate it, trust is a very important aspect of your walk with the Lord. Um, the, the fact is, I'd be willing to bet all of us in this room know, we know that we need help. Right? We know we need help in following Jesus. Right? It's a struggle. It can be hard. Some days are better than others. Um, but we just know it deep down inside. This is challenging. Uh, and it is very tempting to look in other places, in other directions, to get some sense of security, right? Some sense of standing, right? So whether it's uh, we look to our work life or our family life, relationships, your money, your accomplishments, or even if you're looking to, for some sense of security in your religious activities, right? You go to church, you read your Bible every day, you go to a life group or whatever it is, and you check those off the box and you say, okay, I know I'm doing this journey well. Uh, but the problem is, right, is that all of those things, as, and as wonderful as all those things are, they're not really going to hold us up for very long, okay? Um, and in the end, as we're looking for who is going to help me on this journey, we need to end up right where it says in verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
So as we go down this psalm, right, starting in verse 3 through, through verse 8, uh, we're going to ask these questions, right? Why trust the Lord? Or, or maybe a different angle of it is, what does his help look like? Right? What does it look like for God to help us? And, and thus, why should we trust him? Uh, and it's going to give us a couple different angles. But I want to point out one word that really stands out. And I, I know that there's a lot of different um, Bible translations out there. And, and probably in this room, there's maybe you know, half a dozen different Bible translations. Uh, but there's one word that gets repeated six times. It's the same word in, in Hebrew, which is what this was written in. It gets translated uh, keep or watch, sometimes protect, guard. shows up six times, right? Verses 3, 4, 5, twice in verse 7, and again in verse 8. That's pretty important, right? In the span of six verses, it gets repeated six times. That Lord watches or keep, right? And, and using those terms, perhaps in a way we don't normally use it. But if you think about like a soldier, like you watch a movie, an army movie or something, and a soldier on guard duty, they had to stay up all night or at least through the first watch, right? You guys know those cheesy movies? They're like, ah, oh, I'll take the first watch, and then they fall asleep, right? Uh, think of it in, in that sort of sense. The Lord is keeping us, watching us, protecting us, guarding us. Okay, so let's, let's look at this. Let's look at some of the ways we do this. In, in verse 3, um, he will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Okay, he will not let your foot slip. I don't know if we, um, we have any hikers in the room, any, or power walkers, mall walkers even maybe, perhaps, if that's your thing. Um, but if you think about uh, the, the psalm, especially as it's written as, for people who are going on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, right? Which is, a, and it sits on top of this hill where the temple is. Um, in a day before hiking equipment, right? There's no hiking boots. You couldn't run down to whatever, REI. Does that still exist? Yes? Okay. Didn't know if I'm out of date here. Um, you couldn't go down one of those stores and get all the proper equipment, right? You're just, you're just walking. Um, and why does your foot slip? Right? When you're out hiking, why do you slip? Right? A couple of reasons, potentially. Uh, one, you're just tired. Okay? You're tired. You've been walking all day. You're hiking up whatever mountain you're on or hill, um, and you're just tired. And sometimes, though, uh, or in addition to that, the terrain is rough. Right? You're going like this. You've got rocks. You've got tree roots. You're falling over and, and all that. Um, slipping, <laughs> falling, stumbling it seems like it's part of, part of the hiking experience, right? And the more experienced you are, perhaps you don't. Um, but the more tired you get, the more exhausted, the more worn out, and the rougher the terrain gets, the easier it is to fall and to go tumbling right off that path, right? And that's true not just for, for hiking or for, or for walking. Um, in various seasons of our life, how many of us find ourselves just flat out exhausted? I'm tired. I don't want to keep going. All right, physically, emotionally, spiritually, any other Lee that you can think of. And we just get tired. We're exhausted. Um, the circumstances of life, right? The, the terrain, so to speak, seems to be shifting and it's proving more challenging. And we think, man, it is a borderline miracle that I am still upright right now. How does this happen? How do we stay up? 
How are we not falling over and slipping right off the path and tumbling down the mountain? Right? It's because our helper doesn't sleep. He isn't getting tired. Right? He's not worn out by the terrain. He's not thrown off when the tree root seems to pop up out of the path and we go stumbling. He sees it. He's watching the whole time. Now, we need sleep. Amen? Give him a wave offering for that one. Come on. Right? In fact, if you look over the next, at least the next page of my Bible, Psalm 127, it even, God even says, the Lord grants sleep to those he loves. Man. Amen. It's another sermon. Um, but even in the times of the Bible, did you know that a lot of people, a lot of cultures in that area, in that time, believed that the gods needed sleep as well? Right? It was built into their mythology that gods would sleep for seasons. And so if you um, go back, you might remember the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel. Do you guys remember this? When he sets up this showdown between the Lord and Baal. And, and Elijah is kind of mocking the prophets of this false god. And he's like, scream a little louder. Maybe he's asleep. The thing is, they actually did believe that Baal needed to sleep. You understand? But our God, the maker of heaven and earth, he doesn't have to sleep. Right? Our God is always on that guard duty. Right? He's not falling asleep. He's not too tired to keep watch. So how does God help us? How does God help you? And when you're tired and the ground around you is rough and shifting and you feel like you could just fall over at any moment, we can trust that the Lord is keeping watch and he's awake the whole time. Um, if we keep going... Verses 5 and 6. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. Shade. Lynn. Amen. That's another good one. Irish, come on. Give me a, you need the shade. It'd be the air conditioning by day, if you need that too. Um, now obviously shade, this, he will, um, as it say here, the, the sun will not harm you by day. That seems pretty obvious. We could, if I were a scientist, I could go into the whole the effects of the sun and how that can harm you if you have too much exposure and so on. Um, but I'm not a scientist, so I won't do that. Uh, so that part is pretty obvious. Perhaps a little less obvious is how does the Lord, uh, how does the shade protect you from the moon at night? Do you guys see that at the end of verse 6? The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon will harm you by night. And this is interesting. It could just be a nice poetic way of saying that God protects you all day long, day and night, from the entire cosmos, right? That could be it. Um, but I also think uh, it, it could refer to something else that is not so obvious to, to our culture. Um, that is, for much of human history, there is a strong belief, and probably still is in parts of the world today, that the moon, too much exposure to the moon, would have uh, adverse effects on your psyche. Right? That if you were out under the moon too much, that you would go crazy. Now, it sounds funny to us, um, but I actually, I never knew this until this week. I never put it together. But you know the word lunatic, the English word lunatic? You know that word luna is the Latin word for moon. So lunatic actually literally translating, it's someone who is moonstruck. They've gone crazy. Too much moon. 
right? Now, that, that meaning is lost today. We don't use it that way. But my point is, is that it actually wasn't that long ago that even in the English language, we would refer to people like this. So in that day and age, it very well could be that what he is saying is that the Lord is your shade and he will protect you from the sun, right? That's a, this picture of he will protect you physically, but he will also protect you emotionally, like psychologically. He is covering you, keeping you from the effects of the, all the different ways that this world can hurt you. And he protects us and he watches us and he's not sleeping on the job. Right. His, his uh, protection is physical, it's emotional, spiritual, psychological. Right. God's help extends to the entirety of who we are. And it shouldn't shock us because he is, after all, the maker of heaven and earth and everything in between. So not only, not only is the Lord able to, to keep you from slipping because he's never asleep on the job, he's also able to, to protect you day and night, physically and emotionally. That is how he helps us. If we, if we uh, keep going, because I'm not done. Verse 7, verse 7 and 8. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Okay, I'm going to do something I, I almost never do. Um, I, I don't like to do this very often, but I'm just going to pick on a translation thing here real quick. Keep you from all harm. So another way you could actually translate that word harm is actually evil. Um, and some, some of your translations might have that. I'm not sure. I checked a few. Um, it's a different word, for example, than what was just in verse, was it six? Uh, about the sun harming us, a different word. That the Lord will keep you from all evil. And now the reason why I like that a little better, because I don't think the point here is, like the Lord will protect you from anything harmful. You will never get a cold, right? You will never have a bad day. You'll never lose your job, right? No, that's not what it's saying. When the Bible talks about protecting us from evil, you think about the Lord's Prayer, right? Jesus, uh, when he says, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or it could also be translated, deliver us from the evil one. Kind of end up in the same place, either way. Right, when the Bible talks about pr protection from evil, uh, it means, it talks about the Lord like thwarting evil plans against us. Okay? That is, uh, evil certainly, truly does exist in our world. And uh, this is another sermon for another day, but we would say, as Jesus said, the, the evil one or Satan himself right, actually exists. And, and there are actual evil things out there that aren't just passively affecting the world, but are targeting, right? Targeting people. And the goal of evil is not just to bug you or annoy you. It goes beyond just harassment. And the goal of evil is to go out and destroy. Right? It's to steal. It's to rob you of, of life, of joy, of hope. Right? The goal of evil is to sever your connection with the maker of heaven and earth. Right? That's what the evil one is out to do in a whole bunch of different ways, and a whole bunch of different schemes. That's what he's out there trying to do. But the Lord promises to protect us. Right? He will keep us 
from all sorts of evil. All these different ways that Satan is out there trying to harm us, and the Lord protects us. And when does he do this? The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. That that coming and going, it actually occurs, that sort of idea or phrase occurs multiple times in Scripture. And really, it's just a way of saying your daily activities. Every time you leave the home, every time you come back in, and all the times in between, the Lord is watching over you. Um, So every day that you are driving to work or dropping the kids off uh, at school, cooking dinner, right? All these different things, grocery store trips, everything in between. The Lord is watching over you, protecting you, keeping you from all the ways, the evil ways that could harm you. Right? And in all these ways that, that we're not even aware. You know the phrase, ignorance is bliss? I, I'm a big fan of that. The more I realize I don't know things about the world, the, or another way of saying, the more ignorant I realize I am, the more I'm just happy to be blissful, right? Ignorance is bliss. Uh, We don't see all of the evil that could happen to us. All the different ways, you know, the the near car wrecks that we could have been in and we didn't even know they were there. Sometimes we know they're there and other times you might have no idea. Right? Accidents that could have happened. How many fires could have started in your house when your kid walked by the stovetop and you had the handle hanging off the edge? Right? And you didn't turn around. They just missed it by this much. Right? And we weren't even aware. Uh, you guys familiar with that, that concept or people talk about, you know, someday you're going to be in heaven and God's going to show you a movie of your life and you see all the things you said and did. And I don't know where people got this idea. Um, but I was thinking about that, like that same idea, but with a twist. Is what if God showed us a movie of all of the evil things he protected us from and we had no idea they were there? We were completely unaware. How many times that you were so disappointed that you didn't get this job or this house that you wanted to buy uh, didn't happen or this person you wanted to date and that didn't happen and all these different things. And you had no idea what the Lord was protecting you from. Now, just so you know, I'm not saying like all those things were, you know, evil schemes against you. They might not have been. I'm just... But what I'm saying is, we don't know what we don't know. Because the Lord keeps us from all harm, from all evil. We are blissfully ignorant people. Amen. We just don't know. And he does this all day, every day, through all of eternity. All the ways that Satan is trying to separate us from our Savior and God holds on, right? And he holds on. Reminds me of a passage in Romans 8. I think I have that slide here. Romans 8, 38. Uh, you guys uh, probably know this as well, but this is Paul writing, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now here's the thing. You have to remember, this is written by a man who suffered, who was beaten, who was imprisoned, who was shipwrecked, who was abandoned, who was abused in all sorts of ways. But he would end up in this place right, where he realized 
that none of these things were able to overthrow the power of God in his life. They were not able to overthrow the love of God that was shown in Jesus in his life. Right? God's ability, his power, his strength to protect and keep those who belong to him. And Paul put his trust in that. It wasn't blind like no problems will ever come in my life. He knew better than that. But as powerful as all of those things are, they have nothing on the maker of heaven and earth. The one who keeps us from all evil. Right? So not only does the, does the Lord stay up all night to keep us from slipping, right? and, and not only does he, he protect us all day and night physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, it, he protects us from evil in all of our activities all the way through eternity. That's worth trusting. That's a God worth trusting in. The picture, right? What is this picture we get of Psalm of God in Psalm 121? I mean, if you want to be shaped by the Psalms, really what you need is to have your picture of the Lord shaped first. And that will shape the rest of you. You'll fall in line. The maker of heaven and earth who is trustworthy. I mean, he is actively committed to protecting his people. He keeps keeps us upright when we want to fall over because we have no more strength. He's protecting us in ways that we can't see physically. Man, guys, he's covered us. So I want to take, uh, we're going to take a few minutes to respond. Um, And, you know, anytime you come in on Sunday morning, we never quite know what all everybody is dealing with, but... um, I know enough about people and I know enough about myself to know that there are so many times when we are tempted not to trust the Lord. We're tempted uh, not to look, set our eyes to the maker of heaven and earth, but look elsewhere and try to find something to hold on to. So I don't know if you feel like your, your spiritual walk is, is on the brink of falling apart or if you feel like you're... Um, you're under physical or emotional distress and it's causing you or tempting you not to trust. Um, Or if you just need a reminder that every day, all day, through everything you're doing, that the Lord is protecting you. Whatever it is, we're just going to take a couple minutes to respond from a place of faith and say, Lord, help me trust you. You are, Father, you are our maker. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You're good, you're loving, you're powerful, you're caring. You keep us, Lord, you protect us, you guard us. So Lord, help us to respond to you now from a place of faith. A place of faith that you are working in ways that we can't see, Lord. And help us to understand uh, all the ways, Lord, that you are protecting us day in and day out. So, Father, we want to come to you in response uh, to the word that you are a good and trustworthy God.